0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Why are people so drawn to Jesus? There may be a multitude of answers, but it seems to be that they all orbit around one reason. And that reason is rather simple. Jesus makes wrongs right. And in doing so, he changes the stories, the lives of those around him. This season of Pentecost and the Gospel of Mark have taught us this well over the last several weeks. The violent storm that attempted to swallow the boat Jesus and his disciples were voyaging in silenced by Jesus, and the lives were spared. Jairus' daughter, who was pronounced dead, Jesus raised her back to life. The unclean woman with the discharge of blood, cured by Jesus and welcomed back into society. The sick in Nazareth, Rehabilitated by the laying on of Jesus' hands, even when he was rejected in his hometown. Demons? Jesus cast them out. Wrongs made right. Stories and lives changed for the better. It's no wonder, then, that a large crowd makes a quick exodus into a desolate, deserted place, chasing after Jesus and his disciples in our gospel text for today, just read. Like many before them, they want their wrongs made right, and they want their lives changed. Unlike the stories from past weeks, though, their story is rather peculiar. Scripture doesn't record any natural disaster befalling them, besides maybe being a little hungry from the journey. More on that next week. It doesn't even mention any physical ailment that afflicted them. So what exactly is wrong that needs to be made right. Jesus' emotions tell us he had pity, compassion on them. Such compassion that stirred his stomach and made his heart burn within him because the people were like sheep without a shepherd. They were spiritually lost and needed to be found. Their religious leaders had led them astray and caused such chaos in their lives that all they wanted was a little rest. Sadly, this wasn't something new. The people of God had been led astray by their political and religious leaders many times over before this moment. I mean, take our Old Testament text today from Jeremiah 23. The text that, if I'm being honest, shook me to the core and struck holy fear into me as a new shepherd. Listen to this. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who care for my people You have scattered my flock and driven them away, and you have not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for all your evil deeds, declares the Lord. A tough word for a first sermon. The people of God were being plagued by the very people who were supposed to tend and keep them. They were dealt a bitter hand of injustice and unrighteousness, dishonesty and division, oppression and violence. This was the story they were trying to escape. This is the wrong that needed to be made right. And their story, their lives would change when a shepherd with a compassionate heart watched over them. The one promised later on in Jeremiah 23, the righteous branch of David, the one who would execute justice and righteousness, the one who would bring gentleness and truth and eternal unity. The ones who were like sheep without a shepherd needed the good shepherd, our Jesus. The one who called us into his sheepfold. The one who changed our story just like he did Elizabeth's just a moment ago when he tattooed the name of the triune God on our forehead and on our hearts in the waters of baptism. Wrong made right story, and life changed. I do wonder, though, dear friends, how many of us gathered here in this space or watching online let our old stories, our old wrongs, saturate our lives still? How many of us let others who are not the Good Shepherd lead and direct our lives, whether that be ourselves, and our addictions, and our temptations, or maybe other humans, or personalities, or leaders. You see, you become like the shepherd that you follow. That means if you're following a shepherd with a hard, uncompassionate heart, your heart will also become hard and uncompassionate. And it is from a hard and uncompassionate heart that chaos, division, violence, and oppression sprout and grow. And you may have experienced before that if you let a hard and uncompassionate heart take root and fester, it will cause so many wrongs in your life or in the lives of the ones that you love that it will do one of two things. It will either make you numb to the evil or, by God's grace, will actually shake you out of your old story and drive you wanting your wrongs made right and your life changed. It's what we know as repentance. When this happens, we need exactly what the people of old so desperately longed for, the good shepherd, to call us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We need Jesus because he is the only one, the only one who can right our wrongs and change our stories. That's why you all have come here today at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning. It isn't to be entertained, but it's to be called to repentance, called out of your old ways, out of slothfulness and complacency and hard-heartedness and uncompassion, and then the good part, forgiven, rest. And it isn't to continue to live your lives the way you've always been living them, but to have your hearts conformed to Christ's and to have your story changed to one of action for the kingdom, a story and a life of unity and honesty, love and peace. That's why I am so haunted by these readings. They remind me of the task at hand at which I have been called to do in this place. To be the Lord's under-shepherd. To call to repentance. And then, the fun part, to give you forgiveness, Jesus' forgiveness to you. It's a holy and a joyous task that has eternal consequences, as we saw in Jeremiah 23. And that's terrifying to me as a mortal, sinful Man, when praying over this text this week, I was confronted by a prayer by Martin Luther. It sort of just hit me in the face this week, and it set everything into perspective for me in my new ministry here. This is what Luther prayed. "'O Lord God, Thou hast set me to be a bishop and pastor in Thy church.'" Thou seest how unfitted I am to bear such great and responsible office. And had not thy counsel hitherto sustained me, I had long since brought all to ruin. Therefore I cry unto thee, gladly will I submit and give my lips and my tongue and my heart unto the teaching of the people and ever learn and occupy myself in thy word to consider the same diligently. Use me as thine instrument, but dear Lord, leave me not. For were I to be left unto myself, I would quickly bring all to ruin. Amen. When mortal sinful pastors pray for a compassionate heart like Christ's they look like John the Baptist giving mouth and tongue and heart to pointing the flock to Jesus decreasing so that Christ may increase That's the difference between Christ's true under shepherds and the false shepherds It isn't about the men in the office. It's not about Mason, and it's not about Spencer. And that's what the shepherds in Jeremiah 23 and false shepherds in our day get wrong. They think it's all about them, that they have a solution to the problems. But that is simply false. Because it's not about us. It's all about Jesus. The one shepherd. The one shepherd who can write The wrongs. So, dear brothers and sisters, pray that your shepherds may continually be conformed to the compassionate heart of Jesus so that Jesus may be exalted and grace upon grace upon grace may be given. It is that which we pastors received as sheep that we give to you as under-shepherds of Christ forgiveness and life, right to your wrongs, and a new life and story. We give Jesus and His gifts to you in the font when you're baptized into an eternal story. We give Jesus to you at this altar where you're nourished for the journey ahead. We give Jesus to you back in that confessional where you confess your wrongs and your sins and your old stories and you're given not our forgiveness, but Christ's forgiveness. And through all of these things, Jesus looks at us and feels such great compassion. Because wrongs are made right, stories and lives are changed in the forgiveness of sins, hearts are made compassionate and we are brought deeper and deeper into the fold. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.